This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. All right, we're still talking about hookups and heartbreaks, and today is our final installment. Amen. But before we jump in there, how many of you like good news? Okay, if you do like good news, I have some good news for you. We've been receiving a few, in fact, uh, a lot of testimonies on our uh, social media platforms. So we want to just try and encourage you guys to join in the conversation as well. When you get time. So I'm just going to read a few for you uh, right about now. As we get into the message. Hit me. You ready? All right. I think we are ready. What's the first one? Okay, here's the first one. We got from Anonymous. Thank you for such beautiful word. Week in and week out, the way things are run uh, is amazing. I've never been in a church and feel like time is not enough. But now I do because of the life-changing word. Words are not enough. Thanks again. Next one. Uh, This is uh, Brian and Tandra Fair. This book, I think they're talking about the book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? This book changed my life two years ago as I was going through one of the hardest times in my life. It enriched and gave me a whole new perspective on prayer and my relationship with the Father. This book is a gift and can be revisited over and over again. I think it's the book on prayer. Uh, Good morning, Pastor T. I've been blessed with your sermons. My wife has been diagnosed with cancer, but your sermons have been a source of encouragement. Is your book available in Coom Books or exclusive books nationwide? No, not yet. We ended up uh, sending this couple um, a a free package with all the books just to bless them. Amen. Uh, Israel. Today I was just sitting at home and I came across Pastor Tafara Butai's sermon. Wow, my life was never the same. Uh, The way how I will look at life, never the same. I'm so refreshed. Next one. Thank you so much. Okay, that was the first one. All right. And uh, secondly, we have this confession CD. All right. This is a compilation of scriptures uh, around relationships for those who are single, married, and uh, finances, uh, health in your body. Uh, You can play this while you're driving in your car and just let the word come out of your mouth and create for you. Amen. Man, when I was growing up, one of my friends came and said, hey, brother, you can't sing. We'll pay money for you not to be in the choir. They didn't know that 10 years later, I'll be releasing a CD. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So this CD is out. I think it's about 50 bucks. You can pick it up and uh, go through it. Amen. Uh, Who has a birthday coming up this coming week? Oh, the week after? Who was born in September? No, I mean October. October? October? Okay, who was born in the first week of... Oh, who was born on the 1st of October? The 2nd of October? Is that the 1st? 
Ah. <laughs> the 3rd of October. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Amen. All right, quickly, today I am going to be talking about um, hookups and heartbreaks and how to live a fulfilled life as a single person. Amen. How many of you know that being single is not a curse? Neither is it less than being married. In fact, I've said it uh, several times so far. I'm sure someone is fixing my mic. Okay. I've said it a few times uh, so far. And I'm going to say it again. It is a thousand times better to be single than to be married to the wrong person. Okay. So just hunch your neighbor and say, don't rush it. The first thing you are to do. uh, The first thing you are to do. When you are a single person and you want to live a fulfilled life, is do not compare yourself to someone else. Okay? God has created you with a specific track that you and you only should run. So don't compare yourself with someone else. The biggest tragedy of this social media generation is the curse of comparison. And the sad thing is that a lot of people are comparing themselves. You want to... So we said uh, the first thing you are to do is not to compare yourself with someone else. Amen. The biggest tragedy of this social media generation is the curse of comparison. And sometimes the sad reality is we are comparing ourselves with things that don't even exist. Amen. See, not everything that you see on the internet is real. Not everything that you see on social media is real. People put a farce, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I was telling someone, people are trying to look like Beyonce, but Beyonce doesn't even look like Beyonce. <laughs> Amen? And, and here we are, you know, fighting to look like her. She doesn't even look like what she looks like when you see her. Amen? So do not compare yourself with somebody else. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 12. Watch what it says. It says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that command themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves amongst themselves, are not wise. Amen? It is a lack of wisdom when you compare yourself to somebody else. If you're taking down notes, write this down. God has a set path for you to run and do not compare your path with someone else's path as a, as peculiar as your fingerprint is that's how tailor made your path is by god and when you submit yourself to that path you will become prosperous amen so that's the first thing you have to do when you want to live a fulfilled single life amen number two serve someone say serve Serve the Lord with everything that you have. In fact, one of the things that attracted me to my wife was a heart of serving. You know, I mean, I I grew up serving. You know, my mother always wanted us to serve in the church. She always wanted us to serve wherever we go. I mean, my mom always wanted us to be the ones picking up the chairs, picking up the tables. If there was anything that needed to be done, she would volunteer us. (laughs) So she trained us to serve from such an, a tender age. And everywhere I go, man, I want to serve. You know, if I join a running club, I'm the one who's going to be fixing things for other members. Amen? And serving is such a great opportunity. 
particularly in a church. I mean, if I was a bachelor and I'm serving in the ushering department, I get to see every chick that walks in to the church <laughs> earlier than everybody else. Amen. Man, I get to see everyone. And I get to say hello without thinking of a picking line. A pickup line, is that what they call it? Because <laughs> I'm doing my job. <laughs> Not only that, I also get to give eh, the visitor's card and see the number before the pastor. <laughs> Man, so, so serving gives you first mover advantage. <laughs> Amen. But if you're not serving, all of that is not at your disposal. Amen? <laughs> but another important thing that serving does is it shifts focus from yourself to other people. Now, that's the number one ingredient for a successful marriage. The biggest problem in marriage is self. Me, myself, and I. But when you serve, it helps you shift focus from me, me, me to somebody else. And prioritizing somebody else, your spouse, and your mate. Amen? It's the first thing that attracted me to my wife. Man, I'm looking at this girl and I'm thinking, man, this girl is accomplished. She's accomplished. But she's got a heart of a... She doesn't have any business serving anyone, but she's the one organizing birthday parties for her friends. This is when, you know, we had just met. She's the one picking up the phone and calling them when it's a birthday, when it's their birthday. I mean, she's just called to serve. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm saying, man, she doesn't have to do this. Because, I mean, this chick here graduated with a first class degree ahead of everybody in her class. And it was an engineering degree. So she is smart. She has got no business cleaning anyone else's shoes or serving in the Sunday school. Not only that, they gave her a scholarship and she went on to do maths, Baba, in masters. So she, she, but guess what? There's a heart of serving. And that's what attracted me to her. Because I knew, guess what? I'm not going to be with someone who's always talking about themselves. I'm not going to be with someone who's always focusing on themselves. Because marriage will not work. So what do you do when you're a single person and you want to live a fulfilled life? Start training yourself how to serve. Start serving. If you join a gym, find out what you can do to help. Become a servant everywhere you go. If you join a running club, find out how you can help. If you're a member of a library in your community, find out how you can help. If you come to church, don't just come to church and sit. Find out what you can do to help. And as you are serving, you are developing yourself and you are helping yourself to be a better person for the relationship that's coming and that's what God is going to bless you with. Amen? So hunt your neighbor and say, do you serve? Tell them you must live a life of service wherever you are not only in church wherever you go man just just pick up something fix something amen be at the forefront of serving in your community hallelujah ecclesiastes chapter number 12 verse 1 ecclesiastes chapter number 12 verse 1. Watch what it says. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, you can save 
serve God more effectively when you are single than when you are married. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 from verse 32 to 38 in the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, 32 to 38 in the Message Bible. Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to be, I said 1 Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 32. Okay. I want you to live as free of what? Of complications as possible. When you are unmarried, you are free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. You know why? Because marriage comes with complications. That's what he's saying. And you better be ready for it. Hallelujah. Next verse. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse. Next verse. Leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming what? I did not hear that. See, you can spend this time in becoming whole and in serving God and in becoming holy instruments of God. Amen? Man, when I was a bachelor, I was the first one at church and the last one at church. I remember, man, some of the people here will tell you we were together in young adults. I would drive every Friday to go and preach at uh, high school kids in a town that was about 180 kilometers from where I was. You know why? Because I had no wife to look after. Today, I can't do that. I had no children to look after, but I had to invest my bachelor life or my single life. And I'll tell you, man, I lived a fulfilled life. And because I did that, man, I didn't have to go hunting for girls. Girls would hunt for me. Man, I was just busy serving the Lord. And the Lord was taking care of all the other stuff. I mean, he would come with options. God would bring me options. Tafar, what do you think of this? I'd be like, no, Lord. What about this one? No, Lord. I mean, there were too many girls around me because I was just serving. I was focusing on serving. And God was taking care of the rest. Next verse. I'm trying to be helpful. That's what I'm trying to do. That's all I'm trying to do. Amen. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you. Not to make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. Next verse. If a man has a woman friend to whom he is loyal but never intended to marry, having decided to serve God as a single and then changes his mind, deciding he should marry her or, you know, coming out of the friend zone, you know that stuff, he should go ahead and marry. Did you see that? Say, man, if you had a friend and, you know, you can go ahead and marry them if you change your mind. (laughs) Deciding you should marry her, you should go ahead and marry. It's not a sin. It's not even a step down from celibacy, as some may say. Next verse. On the other hand, if a man is comfortable in his decision for a single life in service to God, it's entirely his own conviction and not imposed on him by others. He ought to stick with it. But you can change your mind. Marriage is spiritually and morally right and not inferior to singleness in any way. Although, as I indicated earlier, because of the times we live in, I do have pastoral reasons for encouraging singleness. That was just his opinion. Amen. He said, well, I have pastoral reasons. 
to, to want you to uh, remain single. So if you want to live a, a, faith, a, 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 a fulfilling life as a single person, serve. Serve. Amen. Number three, realize that you're already complete. You know, where we grew up, they used to say uh, men have uh, uh, less ribs than women because of the story in the garden. And we always were taught that, you know, your spouse comes to complete you. But that's not true. That's not spiritual. If you have that as a mindset that you're looking for your spouse to complete you, you're going to be a problem in marriage. You're going to be a huge problem. You know why? Because no spouse in the world can complete you. Only God can fill that void. So what do you do? You have to become whole all by yourself. If you are not complete by yourself, if you have self-esteem issues by yourself, if you have uh, 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 acceptance issues by yourself, you have no business bringing someone else into your life. You know why? Because all of that will be compounded by 10 when you have someone else in your life. Man, I know I've heard of stories, some of my friends who got married and put uh, uh, trackers on their wives' cars just to track them. I want to see where she is and who she's with. You know why? Because they didn't realize, hey, listen, I'm already complete. I'm whole. Amen? Amen. And she's not coming to complete me. She's coming to compliment me. See, your spouse is coming to compliment you on what you are already doing. Thank you, Jesus. So being single is not inferior uh, to being married. Number four, trust in God's timing. Trust in God's timing. The best thing you can do as a single person is to trust God's timing. Whenever you feel the pressure to date or marry, because you feel you are running out of time, you will often make a mistake. You will never lose any time when you are completely trusting in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord himself is the restorer of time. Amen? Man, I've heard of success stories in marriage where people got married at 50. And I've heard of terrible stories in marriage where people got married at 20. In fact, most of them. Because they felt, hey, I'm running out of time. How many of you know that running out of time is not a good enough reason to get married? So what? You're going to get married because you're running out of time? Is that a reason to get married? I mean, that's dumb. I'm, I'm getting married because I'm running out of time. No, no, you're not. Proverbs chapter number 3 from verse 5 to 6. You must completely trust in the Lord. I'm getting married because I found the person that I can join hands with and walk together to reach our destiny. That's the reason you're getting married. Hallelujah. As ladies, I'm getting married because I like this man's vision. And I want to be his helper. Now, if dude ain't even got a vision, you're going to be frustrated. Amen? Amen. Man, and chicks get frustrated. 
Man, I've seen it time and time again. You know, where chicks just say, you know, I just, I'll fix it when I cross the line. And they just marry this fool. And then once they cross the line, man, they can put up with the junk for like six months. You know, just getting up and going to work and coming back and the fool is still sleeping, playing video games. They can do it for six months. They can provide for you for about six months. But I can guarantee you in the seventh month, she's going to start bringing you fire. And it will not be nice. Amen. I said amen. Watch what it says in Proverbs chapter number three from verse five. Trust in who? I didn't hear that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on who? Your own understanding. Don't lean on who? Give it to me in the King James Bible. The original King James Bible. And I have this illustration that I usually do with this scripture. Tate, you want to come? Let's do it. Let's do it again. Amen? You want to stand over here so people can see you? So this is Tate. And what did the scripture say? It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto who? Come on, read it in King James. Lean not unto who? Thine own understanding. Lean not unto who? So what we're going to do is we're going to change his name. Okay? From Tate to thine own understanding. So he's no longer Tate. What's his new name now? I did not hear that. Okay, my name is Pastor T. What's your name? Thine own understanding. So his name is Dine on, and I'm about to do what the Bible instructed me not to do. I'm going to lean on him, all right? I'm going to put your hands over here, and I'm going to lean on, I'm leaning on who? And how do I look leaning on Dine on understanding? You said I looked weird. What else? Come on, throw some words. I look who? Doubtful? Uncomfortable? About to fall? I look weak. I look out of line. I look silly. Did you hear that? Did you hear all those things? Thank you, Tate. All those things is what happens and is what you look like when you try to lean on thine own understanding. Because you were never created to lean on thine own understanding. In fact, the Bible says in Jeremiah 10, verse 23, that it is not to man that walk to determine his own path. You are created to rely and be determined by the word of God. And when you lean on thine own understanding, you look out of line, you look weird, you look silly, you look crazy, and all of a sudden you will get manipulated. Man, whenever you try to handle this timing issue with God when it comes to His promises, you are going to get manipulated. Or you start manufacturing uh, 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 testimonies. <laughs> Amen? And if you don't want to get manipulative, just stick with this, with this timing. And trust Him with all your heart. And if you trust Him with all your heart, and lean not on, unto thine own understanding, watch what happens in verse 6. In all your ways, if you acknowledge him, he shall direct your path. But God cannot direct your path if you are trying to direct your path. Now, when it comes to relationship, submit yourself to God's timing. Man, I started getting pressure to get married when I was like 27. 
I mean, my pastors uh, uh, back in the day, man, they were just trying to cook up things and, you know, just to try and get me with this girl and, and so on and so on. We don't do that in this church, all right? Because <laughs> we believe you have the Holy Spirit within you and you will show you the right person. You know, and, and even when people come to me and they ask for advice, man, I tell them my opinion concerning relationships, but I, it's, it's never the final word. You know why? Because when you're in that house with that man, with that woman, and things are going down, I don't want you to say, well, Pastor T got me here. No, I want you to say, man, I, I made my bed, and I'm going to sleep in it. Amen? And just make your bed and sleep in it. Amen? But if you let the Holy Spirit make your bed, I'll, I'll tell you, man, it'll be an easy bed to sleep in. But if you make it yourself, man, it's going to be hard. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So trust in God's timing. All right? Number five. If you want to live a fulfilled, a single life, do not postpone your happiness. There's a terrible habit in the world of postponing happiness. People always say, you know, I'm going to get happy when I graduate uh, in college. You know, and they postpone their happiness to when they graduate. I'm going to get happy. I'm going to be happy when I uh, get a job. And once they, you know, when I get a job, I'll be able to buy Nando's for myself. So I'll be happy there. And then when they get a job, they're like, no, I'm only going to be happy when I get married. And then when they get married, I'm only going to be happy when I have children. And then when they have children, I'm only going to be happy when I have a boy. And then they get a boy, I'm only going to be happy when I get a girl. And then they get a girl, I'm only going to be happy when these kids move out. And when I retire. And they keep postponing their happiness. And before they know it, they are sitting on the uh, front porch and thinking, where did my life go? No happiness. You know why? They kept postponing their happiness to circumstances. Be happy where you are. Philippians chapter number 4 from verse 11 to 14 in the Message Bible. Philippians 4 from verse 11 to 14 in the Message Bible. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing. And he was talking while he was in jail. He's like, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances is. I've learned to be happy wherever I am. You can learn to be happy wherever you are. Amen? And if you're going to live a fulfilled... In fact, man, guys, both uh, a single uh, uh, ladies and, 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 and gents, they, they want to be with someone who's happy. And I, I, I wanted to marry someone who's happy. I didn't want to marry people that are just sad and moody and just, you know, if you're going to be with me, if you want to take me to a movie, then when are you planning to get married to me? You know, just, just pressure, just, just too much pressure. You know, I didn't want to be with anyone like that. I just wanted to, to be with someone who's happy, just happy with themselves, just happy with life, just happy in general. They don't complain all the time. They're not murmuring. They're just happy. They've learned to be content. I wanted to be with someone like that. You know why? Because happiness is contagious. I don't want to be with someone who's just, oh, man. And guess what? If you're going to live a fulfilled single life, be happy. Just hunch your neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Next verse. I'm just as what? 
I didn't hear that. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I'm just as happy with little as I am with much. So my happiness is not determined by the amount of things that I am in possession of. I've just learned to be happy whether I have money or whether I'm just a happy person. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And he is sitting in prison. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I have found the recipe for being happy whether full or hungry. Hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything with the one who might be the one. I didn't hear that. I've learned that I can make it through anything with the one who makes me who I am. So you have to have total reliance on God and not on the man or the woman that is coming to get married to you. Next verse. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. So he's saying, listen, I don't mean this marriage is not important. It's important. But it is also not important for my happiness. I'm just a happy person. Whether I have this man or this woman. So if you want to live a fulfilled single life, be happy. Amen? What number was that? Number six. Make time to reflect on relationships and make changes. Life is too short to leave the rest of it with someone who exhausts you. If you're taking down notes, this is powerful. Be objective about relationships. Amen? Man, a hundred years is not a long time. I mean, just yesterday I was turning 12. I don't, I don't even know where this time goes, and it goes very fast. So I sat down when I was planning to get married to my wife, and I had to do a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and what? Threats. Because there are threats involved. Man, I wasn't about to join myself for the rest of my days with someone who exhausts me. No, I want someone who spurs me on. I want someone who ignites me. Someone who makes things happen. Someone who pushes me. Someone who helps me in my destiny. So I have to be objective about this. You know why? Because every relationship that you get into is a vehicle moving you towards or away from your destiny. Write this down. Every relationship you are involved with is a vehicle moving you towards or away from your destiny. There are people in life who just there to move you away from your destiny. There are some people in life that I call million-dollar people. They are million-dollar relationships to me. And million-dollar relationships are not determined by the bank account. Million-dollar relationships are determined by their contribution towards my destiny and my contribution towards their destiny. And those people, I value them. I cherish them so much. 
They might not have much in their bank account, but I consider them million dollar folk in my life. Because I look at, man, is this person helping me get to my destination? I value them. And I don't like when people treat them cheaply. I defend them with everything that I have. And people don't understand. What is it? Why, why does Pastor T like so and so so much? They're a million dollar relationship. Because they're not dragging me to do things that I'm not called to do. And there are people that you, you, you hang around with them just one weekend. You come back needing to repent and do all the confession prayers. Because you were breaking the law in every sense of the word. Just They make you drive faster than the speed limit. They make you drink what you shouldn't be drinking. They make you hang out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with. Amen? I avoid those people regardless of what their bank accounts say. I don't value them because they're dragging me away from my goal and my destiny. And there are four kinds of people in your life. There are those that come to multiply. There are those that come to divide. There are those that come to add and those that come to subtract. And when you do an objective SWOT analysis for all the relationships that you are involved with, man, you will know quickly who you shouldn't be hanging around with. You will know quickly who you shouldn't be considering to get married to. This is not an emotional process. Okay, all right, moving right along. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter number 21, verse 9. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 21, verse 9. Watch what it says. It is better, give it to me in the message Bible. Watch what it says. It is better to live alone in a tumble down shack than share a mansion. With a nagging spouse. Did you read that? In fact, let's read it all together in unison. Because I don't want you to walk out of here and say, man, pastor read it so fast. I don't even remember what he said. Someone say Proverbs 21. Verse 9. Says. It is better for me to live alone in a mkuku. Than to share a mansion in Santon with a nagging spouse. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Amen. How many of you are not married? You should meditate on this scripture. Amen. This whole week, meditate on this scripture. As you evaluate the relationships around you. Man, I'm trying to help you. And I'm helping myself in the process. You know why? Because <laughs> I'll have less complaints in the future. Amen. Man, I don't like it when people come to my office and say, Pastor, you don't know what you did to me. You don't know what he did to me. He's busy running around. On me. Man, that hurts. And they leave me feeling tired and exhausted. So to avoid that, let's just meditate on this scripture. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and avoid... Whoever needs to be avoided. Alright? What number was that? Number six? Number seven? Number seven. Give yourself a fresh start. Don't be afraid to start again. Don't be afraid to start again. 
Uh, Philippians chapter number 3 from verse 13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That was Paul's attitude. Whenever he fell, he would get up and give himself a fresh start. When it comes to relationship, yes, you made those mistakes. Yes, you were divorced, but give yourself a fresh start. And consider all of these things so that you don't make the same mistake twice. Amen. Uh, amen. amen? Don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself a fresh start. You know why? Because God is giving you a fresh start. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be crying over spilled what? Milk? Because there's nothing you can do about it. It's already spilled. But what you can do is focus on what lies ahead. As you make a decision to, man, these bags, these bags will cause you problems. Don't carry anything forward. I think it was uh, uh, Erica Badu, she sang a song called Beg Lady. Zikwama. Ama Zikwama. Can you say that? <laughs> Zikwama is fine, right? Too many bags. And you know what she was saying in the song? She said, beg lady, you got too much stuff. And I wish that was a scripture. Because <laughs> it's powerful. I can preach from that song. Say, beg lady, you got too much stuff. And when they see you coming, brothers, take off running. <laughs> and she said, one day, all oh, them bags are going to get into your way. One day, one day, all these bags are going to trip you up. You know why? Because you don't give yourself a fresh start. You always want to drag hurts from the past into your current relationship. Some of you don't even give yourself completely because you're thinking, he might just cheat me like the last one did. You haven't given yourself a fresh start and you, unfortunately, are not doing yourself a favor. So get rid of your past. In fact, uh, uh, someone else wrote, wrote a song about, man, you're moving too fast. You're going to wreck your future running from your past. Since you got your foot on the gas, you better slow down. Because sometimes we just want to move with wherever we have into the future. But when you give yourself a fresh start, man, you start on a new page. Take care of whatever that needs to be taken care of. Uh, a few months ago, they called me uh, from uh, SAFM. Uh, they said, Pastor T, we want you to come out and do a, a, a breakfast show talking about relationships. And the topic was, uh, you know, how uh, uh, exes should relate when they have had children. And, you know, uh, at the time, Stacy was in town. And, and, and I thought she would be the right person to deal with that. So I said, hey, Stacy, why don't you go and take care of that? Because she's married. Uh, someone who was married before and there was children involved. I had no experience. I was like, Stacy, go and take care of that. And part of what she said was, man, the only contact you should have with your ex is only when you have children. That should be the only contact. Man, don't be talking about, well, you know, I'm still friends with my ex. You haven't moved on. Ah, okay, all right, moving right along. <laughs> the church doesn't agree. Number eight, the last one. Take time and work on being a better you. Read. 
The Bible says for you to study and show yourself a workman approved of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Man, when you're single, you have so much time to read, you have so much time to make yourself a better person. See, when you're focusing on making yourself a better person, you won't look at your marriage or someone else coming into your life to make you a better you. Thank you, Jesus. First Timothy chapter number 4, verse 8 in the Message Bible. Travel. Study a new language. Get planted in a church and get spiritual discipline. First Timothy chapter number 4, verse 8 in the Message Bible. Watch what it says. First Timothy chapter number 4, verse 8 in the Message Bible. It says, work out in the gymnasium are what? I didn't hear that. He's just trying to say, hey man, make yourself a better person. Work out in the gymnasium. <laughs> Did you know that there were gyms in the Bible? These workouts in the gym are useful. You know why? Because it's a great place to meet other single people. That's what I think. You're making yourself better, but you're also meeting with other single people. You're also learning social skills and connecting with people. How many of you know that uh, your husband is not going to fall from heaven while you're watching series on your sofa? How many of you have caught that revelation? That this dude is near. Who are you? I'm your husband. Whoa! <laughs> That's not how it's going to happen. That's not how it's going to happen. Go out there, serve, connect with people, and do everything, man. Amen? But a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit both today and forever. Let's go to Matthew as we close. Man, I love single people. This is why every year we will dedicate September to talking to single people. I love single people because it's easier to train someone into something than it is to repair them when they are already into something. Amen. Would rather build perfect than you know do repairs and no repairs are messy. Matthew chapter number nineteen from verse eleven to twelve as we close. But Jesus said, "Not everyone is mature enough to live a what a married life. So you have to mature as a single person if you want to live the married life. Amen. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage." isn't for everyone next verse some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought others never get asked or accepted and some decide this is jesus speaking all right it's not pastor t it's jesus jesus be real man And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you are capable of growing, did you see that? If you have the capability 
to grow into the largeness of marriage. So you have to sit down and ask yourself, am I capable to grow into the largeness of marriage? This is why in South Africa alone, 50% of the marriages will fail within the first 10 years. Not because people didn't love each other when they got married. But because people didn't realize you have to grow into the largeness of marriage. Man, you can't be petty in marriage. Man, marriage is huge. Amen? And you have to grow into the largeness of marriage before you even meet the person you're going to get married. And these are sober reasons. Because I don't want you any I don't want any one of you walking out of here thinking, you know, I want to get married because my biological clock is ticking. That's not a good enough reason to get married. I want to get married because I want someone to pay my bills. That's not a good enough to, to, to get married. Amen. I just want to get married because I want to have sex. That's not a good enough reason to get married. Amen. You have to grow into the largeness of marriage. And how do you do it? You as a person has to grow first. And if you're going to live a single, fulfilled life as a single person, you yourself have to grow. And you have to be dedicated to growing as a person. And that way, you will not over-rely on your spouse for growth. Hallelujah. Let us stand on our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here and you have not given your life to Christ and you're saying, hey, Pastor T, I want to connect with God today. Just lift your hand wherever you are and we will help you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone is saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we're going to pray for all the single people. We want to pray a special blessing on your life. We want to pray that your heart will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That when you make your decision to get married, it will be inspired by God. That you will not just rush into it. You will not just enter into it lightly. But you will sit down and put your trust in the Lord. And say, I am going to trust in the Lord with my life. I am going to trust in the Lord with everything that I have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The biggest challenge we have in marriages is a lack of trust in Jesus. Just look at me for a second. Just look at me for a second. Did you know that the reason... Eve ate of the fruit was because she didn't trust God. Did you know that? She thought, God wants me to eat from all these million trees, but he just doesn't want me to eat this one. God is keeping away something for me. The reason why people cheat on their wives is simply because they don't trust God. God wants me to be faithful and committed to one spouse, God must not want me to enjoy life. That's how they look at it. God wants to deprive me of the good life. That's how they look at it. People that cheat on their wives, run around on their husbands, 
That's how they're looking at it. They're thinking God is trying to deprive them from something. They don't have full trust in God's counsel. If God says, be faithful to one wife, one husband, he is doing it for your good. He's not trying to keep some nice away from you. No, the only thing is depriving from you is the stress that comes with it. It is the money that you are going to waste on it. It is the, 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 the challenges and, and when you are found out, it's not going to be nice. Amen? So God, when he says all these things, man, to all the single people, when God is saying all these things, he's not trying to deprive you from the good life. He's trying to protect you from the drama that comes with you making the wrong decision when it comes to your spouse. The two most important decisions you can ever make, the God you follow and someone you get married to. Now, the two most important decisions. So today I want to encourage you. Don't run someone else's race. Don't just get married because, you know, auntie so-and-so got married. Or my friend, all my friends are getting married. So what? Okay, all your friends who are getting married, out of all your friends who are married, is there at least one who even inspires you to want to get married? I mean, all those friends that are married, they all, all they do is come to you and complain about their husband. And now you want to get into the same thing? Come on, man, just take your time and let God do it the right way for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these single people. Lord, we thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Father, we thank you that you are causing their paths to cross with the person that you have called them to. Father, we thank you that they will not rush into anything, but that they will trust in you with all their heart and you will direct their steps. Father, we thank you that their hearts will not be broken. Lord, we thank you that they will meet with their boas, they will meet with their perfect partner. We decree it right now in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it will happen in the right time. Father, we thank you that they will not put a hand of flesh to try and make things happen for themselves, but Father, that they will completely put their trust in you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit. We thank you even for the acceleration of this process. We speak against any obstacles. We bind every gatekeeper who is keeping them away from their God-given spouse. Father, we thank you that even as they wait, you are causing them to grow into the largeness of marriage. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. That you are protecting them. Thank you that they are safe in your hands. Thank you that when you bring this partner to them, it will be someone that will bring joy to their lives. Lord, we thank you that it will be someone that will bring peace. It will be someone that will grab their hand and walk with them towards their destiny. It will be someone that will encourage them to be a better person. It will be someone that will pray with them. Someone that will love them unconditionally. It will be someone that will be faithful to them. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory for doing it, Lord. 